Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm Brian Moran, and today I want to welcome Amanda Brinkman to our show. Amanda is Chief Brand and Communications Officer at Deluxe Corporation and one of the architects behind the Small Business Revolution TV show, which just wrapped up its third season. I have to tell you, I am very excited to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Amanda Brinkman. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as I, I mentioned to you earlier, I've been I've been in small business publishing for about 28 years, mostly publishing magazines and newspapers for business owners. So I've had the chance to meet, you know, celebrities and very successful business owners and people involved in the market. And and I have a celebrity crush on you. I am very <laughs> jealous of and envious of the show that you have put together and, and Deluxe have put together. Um, you know, I don't know how I missed it in, in 2015 when it first came out. But I started watching, I, I found out about it on social media, I think on Twitter or, or Facebook recently, and I started watching it and I am just so uh, wrapped up in this show. I'm, I'm not caught up yet. I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way through season two and, uh, and I love it. I find myself taking a lot of notes because you do, you and your team do such a great job of really dissecting what's happening in you know, small business, uh, small businesses in America, and and you really get to the root of the problem, and then offer solutions. So, you know, I'm I'm very comfortable recommending this to every person who's listening to go out and watch the Small Business Revolution. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, someone with your expertise in the small business space and everything that you've done to help entrepreneurs, um, to have someone like you not only, you know, uh, be enjoying the series, but endorse it in such a passionate way really means a lot to us. So thank you. Uh, it's 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 my pleasure completely. So I, I'd love to get into the begin, like the, kind of the genesis of it. So you, I think you started at Deluxe, if I read correctly, in about 2014. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yep. One year before we were about to celebrate our hundredth anniversary. Great timing, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's another uh, just uh, kind of a story I want to talk about too, with Deluxe. But so in 2015 it's your 100th anniversary you and your team decide that the best way to celebrate the 100th anniversary and to really start connecting more with small business owners is that you wanted to go coast to coast and tell the stories of you know the you know, America's small business community what were those initial yeah. conversations like well you know i, I Deluxe, you know, uh, being over, uh, you know, in business for 100 years, our legacy is really in the check printing space. And that's what businesses mm -hmm. know us for. And small businesses just didn't know that we offered, you know, marketing solutions and marketing services uh, to small businesses. And I just felt like, you know, let's use our anniversary as an opportunity to get not only in front of small businesses, but what better way to get in front of them than to do something good for small businesses. And so we truly wanted to create a movement. We really felt like if we told the stories of small businesses, it would resonate with people and it would inspire them to go out and support the local businesses within their communities. Um, you know, I mean, when I started at Deluxe, I was I, I love going out and, and meeting with the customers whenever I started a new company. As a marketer, it's the best way to kind of, you know, get almost that ethnographic research, you know, really find out what a day in the life is like um, for your customers. And I was out there meeting with these small businesses and I was just so moved, 
you know, by their stories and, and why they started their business and what was hard about running their business, what was rewarding about it, what surprised them about running a business. And, you know, you just, you hear these stories and it was like, man, I, if I was at a restaurant, I was like, I, after you hear the story, you're like, I got to bring everyone back here that I know to eat <laughs> and support, you know, this family yeah. or in the retail shop. I got to do all my Christmas shopping here. Like you want to support them when you hear their story. And so I felt like we could play that role and be the storytellers and, what a better way to get our brand in front of people than to do something good for them. And and you really do a masterful job of the storytelling, I have to admit. I mean, Wabash, Indiana was your first season. And right after that first show, I'm hooked. I said, all right, I, I've got to start, you know, watching this, you know, on our, you know, every episode and, and taking notes because it really is, you feel like you're sitting at the table you know, with you and the small business owner as they're telling this story. Um, so you just finished your third season. Congratulations on that. 2019 will bring your fourth season. What have you learned about small businesses in America? Well, you know, I always had a great admiration for entrepreneurs um, and small business owners, but I have a an even more intense admiration for them after, you know, sitting alongside them and just watching how hard it is to run these businesses. I mean, I think it's easy for us to look at, you know, a, uh, again, a restaurant owner and think, man, they must just be raking it in. And then you sit down and you talk with them and you find out that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they're working 80 hours a week and sometimes not even paying themselves. And I think I was just really surprised with how common that is that business owners don't pull a regular salary from their business. Um, and that I think I was surprised with how many business owners you know, didn't, uh, you know, even uh, have a sense for what kind of, you know, uh, revenue they were bringing in. And so the two things that we see the most uh, or most uh, often across the country is that small business owners really struggle with, you know, either not knowing their numbers or what the numbers are telling them and really struggle with the marketing piece of it. They they don't necessarily know how to use marketing to, to grow their business. So um, I think uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is just that it's really common uh, to start your business for, you know, around a passion that you have and not necessarily a, a passion for running the business. And um, I think I'm, I think I was just kind of surprised by, by that, by how common that is. In, I, in I, I totally owners. agree. And, and I've seen that in all of the businesses that I talk to, the overwhelming majority of them are what I call passionate business owners. They love to cook. They love to uh, create crafts or they cut hair or fix cars um, and they love it and they'd rather do that than anything else. But what they don't do well is the financials, as you said, and the marketing of it. And so one of the key takeaways right away is if you're starting a business, outsource it, you know, outsource your marketing, outsource your financials. As my friend Joe Knight, who's one of our SMB experts, would say, you can outsource your financials, but you still need to understand them. Mm -hmm. You know, just just don't don't give that to somebody else, and uh, because they're not going to be as concerned if um, you know somebody misses a payment or all of a sudden your your payables far exceed your receivables, they're just going to tell you, you know, almost without emotion, and then it's going to be up to you to try and fix it. Right. You can have someone help you figure out the data behind your numbers, but the, the whole reason it's important to know your numbers um, 
you know, as I know you, you believe as well is how do you make informed decisions about your business? If you don't know the numbers, you know, how do you know if you can add an employee or how do you know if you should expand into that product or service? I mean, it's very hard or should you raise the price on that? If you don't have that kind of granular knowledge of your numbers, it's really hard to make decisions um, about your business. And, and if you can't make decisions about your business based on finances, then it's really hard to kind of have control over that growth. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's, uh, and that's, that's, you know, part of what we help with in the show. We almost universally help the businesses get to know their numbers and what the numbers are telling them and help them with the marketing piece. And we do it so that they can get back to doing what they yeah. love, um, you know, and, and focus of their passion on that. And you bring up another good point. It's, it's, the planning. Why don't more business owners have a real plan? What I call a GPS plan. You know, I I, I watch some of your shows and they say, oh, you know, I want to do a um, hundred thousand dollars at the end of this year, but they have no real plan as to how to get to from where they are today to that magical number at the end of the year. What 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 do you think the the reasoning is behind not having a plan? I think it's just that they don't know how helpful a plan could be. And again, I think it's about what we were talking about earlier. I think people start businesses because they have a passion for that product or service, whether it's a bakery yeah. or a, a barber shop, you know, they enjoy their craft and they're good at it and kind of underestimate what it takes to actually run a business. And so, um, you know, I think it's great that there's resources out there, like the ones you provide, you know, at deluxe, we help small businesses with their marketing specifically for that reason, because we don't, we know and don't expect small business owners to be experts in that marketing piece. And the biggest piece of advice I always give small business owners is, you know, don't try and wear all of the hats. I, yeah. I think small business owners feel like it's an extravagance to outsource or to pay other people to do something that they could figure out themselves. But there's an opportunity cost to your time. And there are certain things that only you can do to grow your business um, because of your skill set and because of that passion. So focus on those things because there are uh, to your point, there are people who can help you with your finance. There are people who can help you with your marketing. Right. Um, there are people who can come and clean your bathrooms for you. <laughs> you know, focus on what only you can do to grow the business and that you enjoy about it too. I mean, I'm sure you see this all the time too, but so many entrepreneurs lose sight of why they even started the business to begin with. And they're spending time on the things that are hard and mm -hmm. don't come naturally to them and that they don't enjoy about their business. And then suddenly you're right back where you were when you, you know, maybe were uh, working in corporate or working for someone else. So uh, yeah, you, I mean, you focus on what you like to do. It, it, and and you, you, it must seem like you've come along with a life preserver and you just reach down and they're so grateful, right? To be, oh, that's what I needed to do. And, and it, the answer was in front of them the entire time. Um, you know, another area too is, is technology, right? In, in, uh, I'm, I'm, I, as I watch the shows, I realize that, you know, n n very few, if any of these companies have things like CRM uh, databases, right, to capture more information on their customers. And maybe they do, and I'm just not seeing it. But I, I you know, I think you're introducing them to technology, like when you redesign their websites, and they're just so blown away by how great it looks. Are you are you seeing that that they don't know about technology, so they just treat that like finances and kind of put their yes. head in the sand. Absolutely. They do. And and I think it, when it comes to marketing, I think um, it's very intimidating for a lot of people, we, but we don't expect that all 
business owners are marketing experts. I mean, that's a specific field of study, <laughs> you know, in, yeah. in, in yeah. college and as a profession. So why would you suddenly be able to do it just because you, you know, started a business? Um, and so, yeah, the, the biggest thing that we advise businesses around is being findable online. I mean, search is the name of the game now. Um, the majority of people find products and services by searching for them in a browser. And so it's really uh, imperative that you are findable online. It's as important uh, to your business as a a sign on your front door is to a brick and mortar business. Um, And so, you know, we, we really help them make sure that they're thinking through all of those different ways in which they can improve their search ranking or, or how they show up when people are searching for that product or service. And a website is a huge part of that. I mean, you would be surprised. Uh, it's still about 50% of businesses don't have websites in 2018. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but they rely on, you know, maybe a Facebook page yeah. or they see that they're showing up in a, um, in a, on Google maps and they're like, Oh, okay, good. No, people can find me. I don't, I don't need a website, but a website such a great opportunity to tell your story the way you want to frame it. Um, and the biggest differentiator for a small business is the story. It's the, it's the why it's the, it's the, um, it's the how and the who behind the business that is so compelling. And so you really want to take advantage of having a site to, to tell that story. It's your, it is your unique selling proposition. Why is it that people buy from you then rather than somebody else, right? What makes right. your company, you know, unique. And I think you're hundred percent right in telling that story. You know, part of it is, and let's look at this from 20,000 feet. Um, you know, there's, we use the terms small business owner and entrepreneur interchangeably. We meaning collectively everybody who works in the SMB space. And they they couldn't be you know, further apart. I, I see entrepreneurs at one end of the spectrum and I see small business owners at the other end of the spectrum. And I think the and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the majority of the people that, that you're meeting with and the people that we see around America in these small towns are true small business owners. And by that, I mean, they like the work-life balance and they treat purchases as expenses. Whereas an entrepreneur, you know, they're going to be all about growth and they see purchases as investments into their business. So they don't have a problem outsourcing marketing or outsourcing IT or even the finances uh, because they say, I know that if I do this, it's going to help me get to where I'm going. But a small business owner, they're looking at it as if, you know, I don't really have a plan and this is money coming out of my pocket. So do I really need it? And I don't really understand it. What are your, what are your thoughts about that? That's a really interesting distinction. I think you're right. We do use those terms pretty interchangeably. And the way I hear you defining it is a little bit more about kind of mindset and business savvy. Um, You know, I do think that there's a difference between the average uh, small business owner who doesn't, um, who, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily know what it, uh, it looks like to invest in a business and to be growth oriented. And then I do think that there's entrepreneurs that go into business specifically to run a business. I mean, we're seeing more and more entrepreneurs now start a business with an exit in mind. You know, they're growing their business just to sell it. And you're right. The businesses that we're working with across the country, that's not that's very rare that we would find a business owner that that's their plan that they're kind of a serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, they are trying to provide for their family and growth to them looks like hiring another employee from that community. Um, 
but you know what we what we love about the show is that it it tells the stories of what the majority of small business owners look like in this country. Um, we're so used to the shark tanks and the profits and, and some of these businesses that are, um, uh, or these shows that, that kind of, um, kind of, uh, really only feature those kinds of entrepreneurs that are so growth oriented and, and looking to kind of become, you know, the next Mark Zuckerberg, but the majority of business owners in this country don't look like that. They look like they're in business because they want to be their own boss and because maybe they're, parents ran the business or, you know, they just want to put braces on their kids' teeth yeah. and sponsor the local little league and make a good living that they're proud of that adds value to their community. I mean, that's, that's what the majority of business owners look like in this country. So we're very proud that those are the stories that we're telling to, to really, um, you know, make that tangible and bring it to life for people. I, I think, yeah, you're, you, uh, again, you're hundred percent right. The, the people that are going on the shark tank shows and the profit, uh, you know, they represent less than 1% of all small businesses in the country, you know, that accept some form of venture capital. Uh, that's not, that's the overwhelming majority of the businesses in the country are the businesses that you are profiling in small business revolution. And I, I do want to ask you about this. So before we go on, I know my listeners are saying, okay, small business revolution, love it. How do I find it? I know that you can find them on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I know on uh, uh, Twitter, the, uh, the account name is SM, SM Biz Revolution. But what are some of the other ways that people can uh, find the show and start watching it? The best way to find it is to go to smallbusinessrevolution.org. Uh, again, smallbusinessrevolution.org. Um, the show is also on Hulu um, for those uh, uh, listeners who have Hulu. Um, and you can find it on YouTube as well. But the best viewing experience, uh, we feel, is is on smallbusinessrevolution.org, primarily because below each of the episodes, we go into deeper dive case studies on each of the things that we help the business with. Um, you know, so each episode... Uh, features a different business um, and we help them with things like their marketing and their finances, physical improvements. Um, and again, for your listeners, it's, it's it, essentially, I would describe it as kind of a makeover show with heart. You know, we're there very much in the spirit of to help and not to make anyone look silly or, um, yeah. you know, uh, call people out. We're, we're truly there to help and equip them with a skill set so that they can be successful after we pack up and, and leave town, you know, we're, we're trying to enable their success, um, you know, into well into the future. And, um, you know, we, and again, we just, we just love being able to, to come in and help them with these things. But, um, we always say that the show is kind of one part inspiration. So, you know, if you're not a small business owner and you watch it, I think you're inspired by the stories and it, it really makes you want to support small businesses. Um, it's one part affirmation. So we hear from business owners all the time, like, oh my gosh, it was so relieving to hear that those businesses are struggling with the same thing I am. Because it can be very lonely to be a, a small business owner or an entrepreneur because you don't have that that network of coworkers like some of us do if we work for other people or, or work in a corporate environment. And so just seeing themselves in the stories is, is really affirmative. 
um, and almost relieving to the business owners who watch it. And then it's one part education. Um, you know, I know you said that you, you take notes during the episodes as well, but it's like, there's, there's things that you can learn as a business owner from watching it, but it's, it's done in such an entertaining way, um, that, uh, you don't even know you're learning as you're, as you're watching yeah. it. And, and so for all of our listeners, I would definitely go to smallbusinessrevolution.org start watching it. And Amanda's correct. I, I take a lot of notes because I help clients just like the, the ones on the show who come and say, I'm having, you know, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. You know, can you help me? So it's, it's very educational for me. It kind of, and as you say, reaffirm some of the things that I'm talking to my clients about. So let me ask you, uh, and I, I love all of the different businesses that I've seen in there, but do you have any favorite success stories from the first three seasons on the show? It is very hard. Uh, I, I do get this question a lot and it's very hard to pick a favorite cause it's like picking a favorite child. But, yeah. um, you know, we, we love them all. And what is so fun is that in real life, we're extremely close, you know, uh, to these businesses. I think this is probably maybe one of the only examples of a show where, the only reason it's a show is so that we can document the transformation and other people can learn from it. But that's the only reason it's a show. You know, we went into this because we wanted to go out and help small business owners and, and we love them and we think they're the heroes in this country. Um, and so we just happened to be filming it. And so it's a very much a real life thing. My team and I are very close to these business owners and remain uh, close to them. But if I were to have to pick a success story, uh, here you go. Okay, I would say uh, Lisa from Ellen's uh, uh, Dress and Bridal in Wabash, yes. Indiana, in season one. Mm -hmm. um, for for your listeners, I, I won't be giving away too much here. But um, when we first started working with her, she had been in business for three years, mm -hmm. had not paid herself yet, and was about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Mm -hmm. And it was a lifelong dream of hers to, to run a bridal shop. And she had gone into the legal field, which, you know, a lot of people find, you know, great joy in the legal field, but it wasn't, it wasn't for her. And so she always felt like she was kind of not living her true self. And so it was so fun to see her passion for the business. That's the one thing that we never create. These business owners bring it in spades, passion for their business and expertise. I mean, that is something you can't create and they all have it. But it was so fun to watch her poise change over time. Yeah. We watched her confidence grow. We watched her be more assertive in her negotiations with dress manufacturers. Um, and it's really fun to see the ripple effect. So um, I'll try to make this quick, but the biggest thing that was, was hurting her was her inventory because you have to have these purchase minimums in the bridal industry. Right. Something that's right. an anomaly only to, to that kind of a retail shop. So she had to buy you know, hundreds, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of dresses just to carry a certain line. And she had the same purchase minimums that a large corporate, like a David's bridal would have. And that's just not fair. You know, her revenue yeah, wasn't the yeah. same. She's in a town of 10,000 people. Her addressable market is much smaller. Um, and so, uh, we just simply asked her the question, like, could you go to the dress manufacturers and ask for a lower purchase minimum? And that had never occurred to her before. And why would it really, it wasn't the way things are done. And she went and did it. And the dress minimum uh, purchase minimums had been reduced now for small um, bridal shop, independently owned bridal shops across the country. So I love that success story because not only has that made a huge difference to Lisa's profitability at Ellen's, but it's now affecting 
small town bridal retailers across the country. And I just love the ripple effect that this effort and the show has. And, and isn't that smart for the dress manufacturers? Because you want these small businesses to stay in business so that you're, they're your customers for years to come. Rather than, you know, make right. a couple of big purchases, put them behind the eight ball, and then they're out of business, and then you lose a customer. Right. And some of the, a couple of the manufacturers are actually using uh, Lisa's episode and the case study and, and sharing it with, the, you know, other small um, uh, boutique bridal shops as well so that they can learn from, from what we helped Lisa with. But, um, yeah, so, so Lisa, uh, a, a few months after we started working with her, I was able to pay herself for the first time. And so um, it's just so rewarding. But she's just she's a different business owner now. She's a different person. It's just so fun to see. Um, uh, what confidence in running your business can do for a person. I I love that. I love that story. And I do remember it. So here's a question for you. And it's about Deluxe. So you have about, I think, what, four and a half, five million small business customers. What changes have you seen with your customers at Deluxe after starting this show? Do you find that they are reaching out to you more? Are they more engaged? Are they more? Are they asking more questions? Yeah, they absolutely are. I think I think what's been really fun for our customers is our customers have always known that we have this kind of very authentic heart for them that we're not just in this business to make money, but because we truly believe marketing can make a huge difference to the families behind these small businesses. Um, and so I think they it, for our customers it's it, it, to them, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that you'd do it because Deluxe has that kind of heart. I think what's been really fun is to watch all these new customers coming to us because you know, all of our competitors also have resources out there. You know, they have articles about how to do different marketing things just like we do. But this is just such a much more genuine way to educate the small business community and to truly put our money where our mouth is. So, you know, as, as head of marketing for, for Deluxe, these are our these are our paid media dollars at work that we're investing in the community and in the storytelling. So instead of, you know, advertising on TV, I'm spending it, you know, in Wabash, Indiana and on the main street of Bristol Borough, Pennsylvania and in Alton, Illinois, you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is. If we, we say that we love small businesses and we truly do. So what better way to show that than doing something like this versus just advertising at small businesses? Yeah. And, and you're, you're a hundred percent right. I think, and I keep saying that they seems to be a common response, but I agree with everything that's, that you guys are doing. Um, so season four is coming up, uh, 2019, right? I think you, I, what I read was you'll have an announcement in January and February. And then I think you start with the town. It's going to be like March through August, right? Where you'll be in the town, whatever, whatever town wins. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Very good. Yes. That is our schedule. Okay. What, what type of, or kind of small businesses are you hoping to see in season four of small business revolution? Oh boy. I think it'd be really fun to, to work with a contractor or someone kind of in the construction space. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it'd be fun to work with a coffee shop. I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, we haven't done one of those yet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really just trying to name kind of categories of businesses we haven't really worked with yet but we purposely love having a diversity of kinds of businesses that we work with because there is something about you know we uh in season two we worked with the boxing gym we feel like that episode 
is going to be that much more relevant and informative to another boxing gym owner than perhaps the episode about the Italian restaurant. Um, you know, when you when you run the same type of business, the uh, the advice is pretty specific to that kind of a business, and the marketing advice is is about how do you you know how do you make sure that a bait and tackle shop, for example, from season three, how do you make sure that that kind of a business is competing online? And how is that different than maybe a childcare um, center, which is a business that we featured in, in season two. So we're working really hard to make sure that we have, you know, kind of, we're going across industry verticals um, so that we have case studies for, for each of those kinds of businesses. So each season will for sure have a restaurant and a retail shop. Those are the two largest, you know, obviously categories of small businesses out there, but we like to find these, you know, unique niche businesses as well. So that again, you know, everyone from our audience can kind of see themselves in these stories. What's interesting too is the, uh, I was near Bristol borough, Pennsylvania. I was down, uh, visiting my daughter at school. And, uh, and if I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen the episode yet and it, it, you know, I'm definitely going to go down there. That's the the closest one so far to where I live in in New Jersey. But I I imagine that these towns have benefited greatly from the exposure on the TV show, right? Where people come in and, and you recognize them. They're almost like local celebrities now. Yeah, it's fun. And we have a couple of super fans that have like traveled across the country. Wow. There's a handful of them who have traveled across the country to go to Wabash and to Bristolboro and then um, to Alton. And it's really fun to just see that kind of excitement around the show. But yeah, no, it, it's really fun because there's so much goodness in this. And I don't just mean to say that because I work on it, but um, there's so much goodness and ripple effect from it because you know, these small towns wouldn't get this kind of publicity if something like this wasn't coming in. What we find is that that happens not just to the winning community, but we have this process where we announce the top 20, which is the phase we're in right now for season four. Um, And then, you know, there are, there have been dozens of articles written already about these 20 towns. And that might've been news coverage that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And then the top 10 phase, the media dials way up, on that because we go out and visit those 10 towns and after we visit those 10 towns we narrow it down to five for public vote and those five communities are on a different trajectory for sure because there is like major metro uh media coverage from really large markets surrounding them and so we've heard from like uh for season two red wing minnesota came in second place and they can directly attest that just being in the top five has made a huge difference to their tourism and um, and to their small businesses. And what we just love about this is that each of those stages is meant to rally these communities, um, whether or not they end up being the winning town. So we're just trying to positively affect as many businesses and as many communities as possible through every stage of this process of, of making the show. Well, I, I am I am a borderline super fan. I haven't traveled across country, but I will admit uh, one of my kids goes to school in Wisconsin. And so I, I looked up Wabash, Indiana, because we've driven it a number of times. I'm like, how far out of the way is this going to take me? Because I love that story, too. And um, I remember, you know, and I, I said, uh, I think it was uh, Annabella's, right? That's in Bristol Borough, uh, the Italian mm-hmm. restaurant. And it's across from the Bristol 
uh, like concert uh, hall. And so I said to my yeah. wife, you know, maybe we'll uh, we'll find out if there's a show playing that we'd like to see, and we'll have dinner at Annabella's before before the show. So you, you've got me thinking, and I'm I mean I'm passionate about small business, but I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of people just like me who appreciate what you're doing. So. I want to I want to kind of tie this all in a bow because I think that this is something that you can do for as long as you want. Um, I, I think you've got something here that is unique. It's original. It's heartwarming. It's reaffirming. So, what is the the kind of the long term projections for Small Business Revolution? I mean, do you see extensions like roadshow or like single events or? podcast you can compete with me <laughs> uh, we wouldn't want to compete with you because you no, no incredible job um and, and are such a great resource to entrepreneurs so thank you for for what you do um yeah so one of the things we do is we actually uh deluxe goes into the top 10 communities that we visit after we, we come to town and visit we we go back and do free marketing seminars for the business owners in those communities because again we're really doing this because we want to help small businesses and we we want to help them with their marketing piece. So, you know, I, I think we might, you know, start expanding that road show and, and bring it uh, to more people. Um, and I think communities are hungry for, for this kind of education. And it's a really great seminar because we go through a lot of the building blocks of marketing that we do for the businesses on the show. So you can kind of get that small business revolution treatment um, in person. So uh, yeah, I think we'll do, I think we'll be doing more events. I think um, it's really fun this year. There's a lot of really great media partners that are starting to, you know, come to the forefront and want to be a part of it. So, so we'll see. I think the momentum is, is kind of just kicking in. It's, it's really fun to see, even though we've been doing it for three years, um, each year it just gets bigger and bigger. So, um, which is very honoring to us because, uh, we don't spend a lot of money again, advertising the show because we're, we're investing in the community and in these businesses. And so it's fun to see it organically grow. And that's why we're so appreciative of people like you, uh, you know, in, endorsing it and telling other people about it. Well, I will, I will continue to be a fan and a supporter of the show and of you and, and your entire team, because I, I, I do, I love what you do. Um, you know, I, I could see doing a, where are they now to, uh, you know, segment. So, you know, in, in your fifth year, you can go back to the first year and kind of give an update as on what's happening with the, you know, with the businesses that you profiled in year one. And, and I'm sure, as you say, people are following along, wondering, you know, what's happening with these businesses. Maybe they visit their stores and stuff like that. But I wish you all of the, you know, success in the world with it. Uh, I know I appreciate everything that you do and that Deluxe does on behalf of small businesses. And uh, I hope that, you know, in 2019, where we have you, we can have you back on the podcast so you can tell us more about what's happening in season four. Oh, that would be awesome. And I'd love to connect with your listeners. Um, my social handles are at Amanda K. Brinkman, Amanda K. Brinkman. And I post a lot of behind the scenes stuff and fun outtakes and uh, bloopers. Um, my director knows, uh, the director of the show knows that I primarily do the show just so I can make a blooper reel. So, uh, so I, I post a lot of fun stuff and marketing tips and small business stats. And so again, at Amanda K. Brinkman on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and my public Facebook page, but I'd love to connect with your listeners there as well. 
Absolutely. And, uh, and I, will, I will promote it as well. So I, I will definitely let them know about this podcast and to go to smallbusinessrevolution.org to find out more information about the show. Amanda, thank you for being on our show. Thank you for everything you do for small business and keep up the work. I hope it goes for 20 more years. Thank you so much, Brian. All right. Take care. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.